Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The workings of God are very mysterious. Um, it is very easy to trust God to come through when you have everything set in order, um, when you have something to fall back on, when, you know, um, most Christians find it very easy to to know that God will win, especially when you, when you, when you weigh your strengths and you weigh the strength of the enemy, and you can see that your strength far outweighs what you what you have far outweighs what the enemy can pull it, pull up at you. Or you see that there are many around you that will support you, um, or many of things that, that are going for you. And you see what the enemy is bringing up. You can boldly say, oh, by my God, I will conquer this. Or I will run through a troop. Uh, I, will, I, will, I will run through a troop. Because you know that you've got all the uh, things on your side. But it comes to a point where <laughs> you, know, you are down to zero. Really, if you measure what the enemy has and what you have, there's nothing. At that point, what do you do? Uh, today, as we look at the book of Exodus, uh, we move on to chapter 2. But before we go to chapter 2, we will want to read Exodus chapter 1, verses 22. Because 20, uh, 1, 20, 20, 20, 22 is like the background to chapter 2. And we want to look at that quickly. Um, so Exodus One twenty-two In Exodus 1, we saw how all the attempts of the Pharaoh to crush the spirit of the people of God failed. Everything they tried to do did not work. And um, they tried putting hard labor on, on, on them. Um, that did not work. And then they tried to get the midwives to to kill the babies, the male ch children, that did not work. And then finally we have an open charge in verse 22, which says, And the Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, so you could, the Egyptians saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. So now it's come public that every male child born to the Hebrews must be cast into the Nile River. With that, we go into chapter 2. And the verse 1 reads, for, it says, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. 
and his sister stood afar off to wait what will be done to him. Now here we this is um here we have the let's read down to the to the last verse to the last verse just quickly. Um Sorry, to, to verse 9 and 10. Verse 9 and 10. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew him out of the water. To God be the glory. So here in this uh, short passage from verse 1 to 10, we see the birth of the of the deliverer Moses. Now, it is um, it is interesting that it is at the time that God had. It's, it, it is at a time that the Pharaoh was killing all the male children that God caused the deliverer to be born. Interesting. How God does his works is, a, is, is amazing. And um, one, I believe it is to make it very, very plain to the Israelites and to all concerned that, you know, God is not intimidated <laughs> by the evils of men and how wicked they are. That in the midst of all the killings, that was when he brought forth the deliverer. It's like um, I'm able to keep my deliverer. Because in the midst of the trouble, God is not scared, subject to how evil people are. Because sometimes um, people have the idea, or believers in, in particular, have their idea that, you know, it's not a very good time, so we can't really do this or we can't do that. But God is not bound by those things. It was in the midst of this, in the, in the midst of all the killing of the male children, that he caused the deliverer to be born. Now, God knew this was going to happen anyway, 400 years ago, because he had told Abraham, that, you know, your descendants are going to come and occupy this land of Canaan. But prior to this, there will be, there will be, um, there will be slaves in a foreign land. They will be afflicted. And I will bring them out. And here we have the, this Pharaoh rise up, scared of the Hebrews. So he wants to kill all the children. And he decides. Now, what happens is the Pharaoh has been defeated in all the attempt that he has made. In chapter 1, we come here, he's made an open charge that all the Hebrew boys that are born must be thrown into the Nile River. And when this child, this particular child is born, the mother, in chapter 6 verse 20, we get to understand that the mother's name is Jochebed, and the father is Amram, as Moses' father and mother. So Jochebed 
saw that this child was a good child. There was something about this child. You know, he said, and the woman conceived and bare son. And when she saw, so she saw something. That reminds us of what God did. You know, when God created all things, he saw that it was good. So there was something about this child that caused the woman not to obey the king's command. There was something special about this child. So she kept this child as, as long as she can for three good months. And after three months, when she could no longer keep the child, she let the child go. Um, so eventually, she obeyed the Pharaoh. But the way she obeyed the Pharaoh was very interesting. <laughs> she eventually threw the child in the Nile River. But <laughs> in a basket, which is um, well pitched with tar, so the basket will not sink. So we will say, she put the child on the Nile River with care and love. <laughs> and had Miriam, who was a sister. So obviously, Miriam is older than Moses, was, a, was around that, that time, uh, watching the basket. So really, she put the child on the, on the Nile River, but <laughs> not, really, not really letting go com- completely. <laughs> it was done in hope. Praise God. When she couldn't handle three moms, probably a child was, has got to the point where, you know, his crying or whatever can no longer be handled and people will know where that, that, that she's around. Uh, he's, he, um, he's got a new baby. So um, put the child on the narrow river eventually. And interestingly, the sister stood afar off watching what could be done. And watch this. In verse 5, and the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept. Or other versions say cried. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Someone will say, but it could be any, 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 any child. It could be any child. Yes, but there's one mark of, a, of an Hebrew child. After eight days, you'll be circumcised. So at least that if, um, in Egypt, circumcision was, was, was done, but not at that early age. So at least, if, they, if she didn't know, at least that would give her the sign that this is a Hebrew child. But whatever it is, she knew this was a Hebrew child. And then in verse 7, immediately, the sisters, then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew woman, that she may nurse the child for thee? And the lady says, and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. Wonderful. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. This is the part that really fascinates me. Now, you know, um, (laughs) um, 
that the woman is made to care for her, for her own son with, with, with a wage. Wonderful. <laughs> you know, the workings of God are just so beautiful. And, um, and the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew. And later on, uh, Jochebed brought the child to Pharaoh's daughter. And she named him Moses. Because I drew, I, I drew him out of the water. Interesting. Now, all these sound very coincidental. When, the, when Jochebed could no longer keep the child, there was, you would have expected that she would just take the child. Well, I, can't, I, I, I can no longer handle it. Put the child on the water. And then, well, okay, it's done. God, you know, I did the best I could. Did the best I could. And, um, but she didn't do that. Took a basket. Made sure the basket was well sealed. Put the baby in. Made it sail. And didn't leave it just like that. Had the little sister stand by watching it. Then interestingly, you know, the Nile River is not something that they play in. Washing in the Nile River was a sacred thing that people do. It's not something that is done like a normal um, bathing place. And just at that time when the child was put on the Nile River, Pharaoh's daughter comes on the scene. Sees the basket. And then opens the basket. And at that moment, whether the child was crying earlier on or, or whatever, but the moment the basket is open, find the child crying. And her compassion. Someone said, oh, all these things are coincidence. But the chief of the matter is, what we call coincidence, if God does not make them coincide, they will, they will, they will, they will not co- coincide. These are, not just, these are not natural coincidences. It's God causing the things to work together. Whilst the woman was afraid, not able to keep the child any longer, now she was able to keep the child with confidence because now the child belongs to Pharaoh's daughter. <laughs> but we all know the story. At the end of the day, he will come back to be who he is. N- now, if we go back to chapter 1, let's point something out. Verse 22. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. So the men were the threat. The females were not. So he had no fear of the females. His fear was with the males. Kill them. Guess what? What he did not fear, what he considered as weak, were the very things the Lord used against him. 
It was the very things that toppled his, his, his plans over. So right under his nose, the, the person he should fear was being read, was being raised up and, by his, and from his own treasury. Who and who was involved in all this? It was Jochebed. It was the sister Miriam, Moses' sister, and was Pharaoh's daughter, all female. The group that Pharaoh had no fear for. Let the daughters live. They are no threat. They are weak. Really? And the fourth thing, compassion. <laughs> people who are compassionate in the eyes of the world are seen as weak people. A soft world. Not weak, but soft. Because they are full of compassion. Soft people. But here, what toppled the Pharaoh's command over was not arrogance. It was not a strong-headed person who was compassion. As soft as it is, it overruled the king's command and let the boy live. Compassion. What God is able to use, man has no idea of. God does not need a mighty army to save. He can use anything. And here, he used what the Pharaoh considered as no threat. No threat. That was what he used against him. You see, Jacob could have said, you know what? Our men cannot stand. God is not helping here. Everything is quiet. What have we got? Nothing. But in her weakness, when she felt helpless, she acted in hope. Praise God. What I will challenge you tonight with is, is this. In the moment when you look around and look at what is in your hands, cannot match what is against you. I challenge you. Plow, still continue to plow in hope. There's little in your hands. It looks feeble. The odds are against us. But whatever you're doing, do it in hope. Do it in, ho in hope in God. The little feeble thing that you are able to do that you don't despair or become discouraged. Because what you consider as weak is mighty in God's hands. God is able to use it to topple things over. 
we may look around us and say, you know what? I wonder whether we'll be able to really break through, amount to anything, do anything great. Why? Are you looking at the past where things were so strong and solid and you could just sleep? I mean, you could depend on things just running by themselves. And so you had so much hope and faith. And now you look around you and say, oh, what have we got? What seems feeble? What seems so weak? The most helpless situation. God takes it. And with that, outwith the enemy. He uses the most fragile situation. What you consider as this is very bad. What have we got? Nothing. A little girl. <laughs> Who will not even dare approach Pharaoh's throne. Watching it. Shall I call one of the Hebrew women to take charge of the child? Said, yes, go. And quickly. So God used the most unlikely person to do this. So when we are trusting God, when we are looking to God, as we walk with God, as we journey with God, our confidence should not be in the mighty and in the strong. And always looking for such things. Our confidence simply has to be in God. No matter how little, no matter how feeble our strength and our resources might be. Because God, who has given his word, is able. Another thing that we also want to see here is this, that, you know, the mother of Moses, Jochebed, saw the child, said, this child is special, goodly child. What God had in the past spoken to you about, and seems to be facing giants which are going to crush it. You know, don't lose hope. Whatever step you take, no matter how feeble or weak it might be, just thread or walk in hope. Do it in hope. Do it in hope. Right. Basically, don't let us just abandon it. Because I understand that sometimes it looks like it's just helpless. In the most helpless situation, still move forward in hope. Whether in your language, whether in your speech, whether in your considerations, whether in, in your actions, in your movement, let it be in hope. Let it be in hope. Because with God, no situation is hopeless. Because when Jacob had come to that place, I can't keep this child no more. She plowed. 
God's hand was right there. He would play the cards to fit it right. I don't know how strong you see yourself. Maybe you don't see yourself that strong. And you think that some people are much, much more stronger and mightier than you to do certain things. But it will surprise you that what you think cannot be done because you see weakness around you. Turn that thing over to the Lord's hand. Let him have it. Turn it over to him. And do not say, oh, I can't face this. No, I can't handle this. I need so-and-so to be here to handle this. The strength is not in so-and-so. The strength is in God. So whatever thing it is, turn it over into his hand. Let him handle it. I know there are some things you feel totally hopeless, totally out of your wits. Yes, I'm talking about those times, those situations, those things. Let God have them. God. There's all that there is. Have your way through this. And walk or plow in hope. So your actions, it's like you've, you've been to the war, you've been battered, you've had wounds, you've had cuts, you feel like you are you know, you, you, you take your last breath and just give up. Even in last breath, take it with hope. Take it with hope. Because sometimes when you consider the present environment, you can't even think of the next two days. When I walk into it, the next five years, oh, it will, it will be doom and gloom. Just continue to plow in hope in God. With the scanty resources, with the scanty strength you've got, in the weakness, because God is able to take the weak things to confound the mighty. And here, God does exactly that. He outwits the Pharaoh. He outwits him. And certainly, as we turn those weak situations and things into God's hands, he will use them to outwit the mighty. You know, today in the Christian circles, we hear a lot of talks. It looks like the church has become so weak. It looks like the world has become so mighty. It looks like, you know, um, the voice of the world is much louder. 
and you hear most Christians and sometimes even leaders talking and it's so hopeless. It looks like there's no future for the church of God. But the Christian faith is the historic faith. So we always have to look back to what God has done. And have no fear. Not even when it looks like the voice of the world seems so loud. It looks like whatever they are doing is crowd. It's like they, they are crowding or squeezing the church into a tight corner. But we still have to plow in hope. Because it is God we are dealing with. Praise God. And he has said, That his kingdom shall come. That mighty kingdom shall come and fall. But when his kingdom comes, it will grow and grow and grow and grow. And nothing shall be able to topple it down. That is his word. Praise God. And we are in this kingdom. Translated from darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So come what may. Let's plow. Let's work. In hope. Let's move on. Let's keep moving on. Taking strides. Hallelujah. Let's keep on. Because we have God's word. Just as Israel had God's word through Abraham. We have God's word. That the kingdom, there shall be a kingdom, there shall be a kingdom that shall not be wrestled down. That shall not be crushed, but it will stand. And it is this this kingdom is here now. We are in this kingdom. So no matter what is around the church, no matter the ups and downs, it looks like we have little strength. But with a little strength, let's move forward in hope. For God will topple whatever the enemy is coming up against us down. Not with men of strength. But the weak things turned over onto God's hands. Those that are trusting God, looking up to him. He will use their weakness or their feeble strength. And what they term as weakness, he will use it to overturn the rules. Sometimes it looks like the things that the world comes up with is so, you know, there, there is no getting away. 
look at that. They bring in laws and they bring in certain things and you do this, you'll be in trouble. But you know, God is always ahead of the world. You look through yourself and how would I outsmart all these things? Or how would I? Hey, let's just keep trusting him. Because what you consider as little or as weak, as feeble. On that day, you would realize it is enough to dismiss. It is enough to make foolish of what seems so mighty, so great, so awesome. You always realize that what God will use you to do, it will find a loophole in it and just destroy all that that the world thinks is throwing at God's people. Or what you as an individual. Hallelujah. That our confidence will always be in Jehovah, not in men of skill or men of strength. Oh, this person is no more. How are we going to survive? Oh, no, 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 no. It is not based on people, men of skill, men of strength. It is all dependent upon what God is able to do. He uses what men consider weak, what men consider feeble, what men think they have no fear of. They are the very things God uses. To crush the works of the enemy. In the Pharaoh's wisdom. Trying to destroy all the young men. God did not stop him. But what God did was. Since you don't want the woman to keep the child. Then I'll bring the child to you to raise him up. That's the wisdom of God. So you raise the child up yourself. And that's exactly what God did. So sometimes when certain things are laws and commands and things come against us and it it seems to put us in in a tight corner, let us not be afraid. For God always has a way. If he makes a way, if he causes rivers to flow in the desert and causes dry ground, I mean dry dry ground to appear in the sea, then he's able to make way anywhere and in any place. This is the God that you and me serve. Let's continually have confidence in him and hope in him. In every situation, no matter how hopeless it might seem. Amen. Shall we bow down our heads? Father, we thank you so much for tonight. We bless your name. In this short passage of scripture, you've shown us that what men consider weak 
and feeble. You are able to use it. You are able to work through them mightily. You use them. Compassion. Little girls. It wasn't men you used here. The Pharaoh had no fear of men. You used what he had no fear of to work against him. Lord, I pray that your people would leave this place with this understanding. That whatever they see as weak, as fragile, as little in them, you are able to work through it, to topple over the enemy's mighty works. And may it be so in their lives in the name of Jesus. That what over the years has seemed weak in their lives. May your power work through it. And pull down structures that the enemy has erected around them. And also Lord God Almighty we pray for that grace. That we will not give up or lay back or sit or sit or sit back, hopeless. But with whatever we have around us, move ahead, plow in hope. Things you've spoken unto our hearts, things you've said to us that you will do. And it seems all hell has broken loose upon it. Lord, grant us the grace to continue to press on in hope in the name of Jesus. If we have turned our backs on such things, I pray tonight that you stir our hearts up that we will turn to those things again what you said you would do. That we will take back that word of promise. As Jacob had saw there was something good in this child. And put him forth on the Nile in hope. May your people also rise up. And whatever you said in the past. That they might have backed off from. Was before them. And there are all kinds of challenges around them. For the grace upon your people to press on in hope in the name of Jesus. Also pray that anyone that is not well in their bodies, we pray God Almighty for your healing in their bodies. From the crown of their head to the sole of your foot, God. May they be whole in Jesus' name. Amen.